Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we are uh, blessed to have a very special guest with us along uh, with our regular guests from Camp Ripley. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a slight way at all, Tony. <laughs> but uh, Mr. Tony Housey, Camp Ripley Public Affairs, joins us today as well as Major General Joanna Clyborn, the Assistant Adjutant General, Minnesota National Guard. And what an honor to have you here today, Major General Clyborn. Thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you and your listeners today. And it is uh, Women's History Month, uh, National Women's, Women's Day. Day yep. Yeah, it was just on Monday. And this is very appropriate to talk about uh, women in the military. And if we can start, can you share your story? You know, um, my story is kind of interesting in that it never really set out to be. I joined the Army when I was 17. Um, didn't have any skill sets, wanted to serve my community. If you had asked me 31 years ago as a private that I would ever wind up as a two-star general, I probably would have asked you if you were doing drugs of some sort. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't something that I thought that would occur. Uh, but then as time goes on and, and the opportunities continue to expand, the next thing I knew I was in an officer candidate school and then, then company command and then brigade command and then the doors just kept opening uh, as, as time progressed. And, and then one day I found myself sitting here as a major general, as the assistant ad general for the state of Minnesota. And it's, it's kind of unique in that uh, someone who started from the from the bottom, where at, at a time women, I was actually a combat engineer, were not in the combat arms. They they were not doing the things that we are doing now. Those opportunities were not presented um, to a time now where where the sky really is the limit uh, for what women in in the armed forces can do. Yeah, let's continue on with that thought because some um, big strides have been made to welcome women uh, and not only to serve, but to serve in really the same capacity as men. And that continues, doesn't it? Well, absolutely it does, you know, but it's it's still a, progress, a, a work in progress. Um, I think the biggest thing really is we think about the incremental changes. Um, right now, about 18% of our, our total army is female. Um, but when we look at the, the transformation from the support roles that they've held to where we are now, um, we have over 1,400 female soldiers that are now in the combat arms. Wow. So things that were previously excluded to me, um, we now have females in the armor, in the infantry. Um, we have integrated both um, in the armor and infantry that are currently deployed. Here, even within Minnesota, in our own Minnesota National Guard, um, it was only 2015 before we actually had our first female platoon sergeant in a combat arms unit, which was the headquarters headquarters battalion of the one of the 125 um, field artillery. And then right on the heels of that, we had our first general officer promotion. My battle buddy, uh, Brigadier General um, Sandy Best, who's on the Air Guard side. Um, and now I'm seeing across the board uh, young young soldiers and young officers branching into everything from armor, field artillery, and infantry. Um, but that said, you know we we still we still have a ways to go. Still some roadblocks, as you're saying. We seem to have lost her. 
Somehow we have lost our connection with uh, Major General Clyborne, so we hope to get that back in just a moment. But, uh, Tony Housie, you're also with us. Uh, maybe we can uh, just pick up for a moment until she rejoins us with uh, some of the updates on what's happening at Camp Ripley. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've seen in the news over the past couple of weeks that uh, our uh, local units here uh, at Ripley uh, and Brainerd and, and the central Minnesota areas have mobilized for uh, a long deployment overseas. They're heading into the uh, central, uh, the CENTCOM area uh, in the, into the Middle East to do a nine-month deployment. So uh, they rolled out at the beginning of this week and uh, are on their way to Texas for a few months of training and then off to uh, the Middle East. Wow. All right. And how about at the uh, camp itself? Do winter uh, training uh, still continue? Or are we, you know, we had a little false uh, spring here. <laughs> <laughs> or are we still uh, doing some of the, uh, are, are we segueing into spring training, if you will? Well, we, we know better than to rely on first. <laughs> uh, we will hold out for second or third spring, and then maybe we'll commit to changing the target tree around or something. But, uh, yeah, you know, we were really, really robust with a lot of different organizations, uh, not just the Minnesota National Guard, but out of state and um, uh, different branches, the Air Force, the Navy, the Coast Guard, all wanting to come to Camp Ripley to do winter training. And, uh, you know, we were able to wrap up the biathlon before the snow melted, and we were very excited about that. Um, but I, I think as April is getting closer and closer, we're going to start preparing for, uh, you know, the, the more uh, field-oriented, less winter constrictive types of training. How did it go with all the dive teams under the ice here over the past couple months? They absolutely loved it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't sure how to really measure, uh, you know, their, their success or their enthusiasm or whatnot, but they absolutely love uh, this little nest egg that we have here, this little gem that they can come up and go under the ice and do uh, training in our, in our, in our murky lakes and, and have a bunch of fun with that and, and get all the training experience they need out of it. And, of course, we, uh, we saved the coldest weather of the year for that uh, Navy dive training. So that was very special for them, I'm sure. It, it was. I kind of wish we could bottle that up for when units come here. You know, they, they want to they experience the Minnesota uh, winter operations scenario. And we'll just open that up for them with a little negative 20 degree wind chill and stuff. So Very good. Well, I see we've uh, reestablished our connection with uh, Major General Clyborne. And, Major General, thanks for rejoining us here. I know as we were talking uh, just a moment ago, we were just getting to, uh, to addressing some of the uh, roadblocks. And there are some issues yet with women in military, and I, a lot of this has been in the news. So would you like to talk about that just a little bit? Sure. So when, as I was saying earlier, you know, I've seen a lot of change over my career from 31 years ago. And so where we were before and what was tolerated and accepted to where we are now is a vast difference. But are we perfect yet? Absolutely not. Do we have an, uh, an incredible way still to go? Absolutely. 
Um, we, we know that we still have issues with sexual harassment. We know we still have issues with sexual assault in our formation. And we have issues still with everyone in our formation being treated with the dignity and respect that they are entitled to, regardless of their, their rank, gender, ethnicity, or origin, right? But what I have seen change over the time is, is that commitment to holding people accountable, to doing the right thing, to ending the behaviors that is very, very destructive to our organization. We are given America's most precious resource, and that's America's sons and daughters. And we absolutely owe it to our nation to ensure that we provide every service member uh, in, our, in our formation the opportunity to reach their full potential. And in order to do that, we can't have or tolerate any of those distractors. And I've seen more of a commitment by our senior leaders to hold folks accountable, to, to ensure that those values are instilled and those that violate that sacred trust are held accountable. Are we perfect? No, we're not. And we still have a ways to go. But I will tell you that we we certainly have come a very long way from where we were when I first entered the military. Very good. Well, not only are you the second highest ranking person in the Minnesota National Guard, but you've been selected for a leadership position with the Army Cyber Center of Excellence. Uh, first what, of all, what is that? <laughs> tell us what that is. <laughs> and that's quite an honor, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, and so I am the deputy commanding general um, for the Cyber Center, Cyber Center of Excellence uh, on the Army Guard side. And so what that basically means is, is I'm there to help uh, be part of the team that ensures the critical training of our next generation of our nation's cyber warriors and ensuring that our capacity and our capabilities are on that cutting edge of modern technology. I think also this appointment is is very uh, momentous, not because it's a, it's a great highlight in the book of Joe Clyborne, but rather I think it continues to highlight the importance and drive of placing and seeing women in the field of STEM, um, which yes. which is an area that we lag in both in the military side of the aspect and on the civilian side of the aspect. Um, and so with that, my team helps to influence uh, the, the doctrine and how we train those warriors uh, to prepare for the, the future ahead. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that appointment. And uh, yeah, that's a very, very important and growing part of the military, isn't it? The cyber training? Absolutely, it is. And, and I think as you know, anyone who's stayed abreast of, of recent media, our own Minnesota has a cyber protection team. Um, but, you know, tracking things such as uh, countering influences from from foreign nations, disinformation, uh, ensuring that what we have in our infrastructure is critically protected. Um, we we have a responsibility to to ensure that we are thinking forward, uh, not just internally for our internal national national defense, but also how do we keep external influences out of our country and and those cyber um, assets are extremely critical in doing that. Um, will we have future warfare that is tank on tank? Yeah, but we also need to think about in a multi-dimensional format 
the other things that we don't always think about when we think about national defense, such as information um, or the access to data or the access to our public networks uh, that can be used by our adversaries against us. And so this position will help allow us as we are training those individuals um, to protect us to also look at how does that expand into our National Guard and how do our reserve components fit within not only the national framework, but the state framework as well in how we keep those influences out of our business. Very interesting. Can't imagine a job we, that that would be. <laughs> we could we could do a whole show on this Probably. subject, but uh, I would like to ask you a question. Uh, what would you say to young women today that might be contemplating signing up for one of the branches of service? Do it, but go in with your eyes wide open. So one of the questions I'm often asked is, would I encourage my own daughter? I have a daughter who's 21 um, to join the military. And I always hesitate slightly. Now, remember, I'm an older generation, so I came in during a time where that maybe not as hospitable to young women um, to where we are now. And my answer to that is, is do exactly what you're afraid of doing. Don't let the voice in your head tell you no, but do your research. Understand what you want to do, where you want to go, and understand that there are some also things that you need to do a little bit differently that maybe, unfortunately, I haven't always had to advise, say, my male nephews on in a similar fashion. Only because I do understand that we still have a ways to go. But at the same time, the opportunities that the military has given me, what it has taught me coming in with zero skill set, given me education opportunities, shaped me into the leader I am now. My civilian employer benefits immensely from the skill sets that I have learned in the military. My ability to project presence in the courtroom, my ability to negotiate, my ability to sit at the table with others and build consensus were all skill sets that I was taught through the military. At age 17, I was given opportunities to be in charge of $50 million worth of equipment and people. Wow. What civilian occupation does that for you, right? Wow. So for young women, absolutely get in here, get your leadership training, get your skill sets, get your college paid for, do your research, take advantage of what we have to offer. Well said. That was awesome. Yeah. Major General uh, Clyborne, it is truly a pleasure to have you on the show today, especially this month, to talk about opportunities and your experiences, and we thank you for sharing some time with us here today on Community Focus. And thank you for your service. Thank you, and guys, thank you for all the support you provide, the Brainerd and the Camp Ripley area. We know that we really, really appreciate your support, and we can only do what we do because of the support that you guys and your listeners provide. So again, thank you so much. It is our pleasure to do our part as well. So thank you. you. Uh, Tony, any last uh, things that we need to be aware of as spring arrives? Will we be hearing any any big booms uh, in the near future? (laughs) Uh, We will be hearing a few booms as we kind of roll into uh, uh, April. I I think um, depending upon how things go uh, with the uh, as the state uh, unfolds here, um, you know you may be seeing convoys moving up and down the roads uh, to and from Camp Ripley. 
uh, just be aware of that. But uh, we will be continuing training on on base as scheduled. And do you have any special events going on for uh, uh, Women's History Month at Camp Ripley? Uh, you know, we are hosting another uh, meal through our dining facility. Uh, another special meal is actually going to be uh, um, uh, Amy Cruz's favorite meal, the wife of uh, Brigadier General Lowell Cruz, our senior commander. So it's uh, something that we are recognizing and then cooperating with our dining facility. And then we're going to have uh, a lot of information about uh, pioneers in the, in the field of women's history and uh, especially with the military. Excellent. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. Well, thank you again for being here today, Tony. Uh, as always, we'll look forward to seeing you next month. And uh, Major General, truly a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Our guests today, Mr. Tony Housie, Camp Ripley Public Affairs, and Major General Joanna Clyborne, who is the Assistant Adjutant General in the Minnesota National Guard. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. And you can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.